They all told me to get a college football podcast, so I did. I'm John Harris, Football Takeover. It's time for Football with Friends. Yes, sir. Welcome in to the Football Friends podcast in partnership with the Texas Bowl. I am John Harris, CEO, owner, operator of footballtakeover.com. Glad you are with me. And today, my friend is me. <laughs> How about that? We had plenty to do. So I figured, you know what? Let's just jump right into our podcast with some news and notes. And then we got our keys to the game. Then we've got our predictions. You got to stick around for. And then I'm going to give you a little snippet of something I'm calling the Hot 50 that you're going to find at footballtakeover.com. But let's start with our news and notes for this week. And the first news nugget right out of the chute this week is the fact that the Big Ten is back. It's back, baby. How excited can you get? I'm very excited. I love seeing the Big Ten come back. The Pac-12 will be another couple of weeks, not the Halloween week, but the following week, I think, is November 7th. So this week in the Big Ten, on Friday night, you got Illinois taking on Wisconsin at Wisconsin. You got Rutgers at Michigan State on Saturday. Then Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Indiana, Iowa, Purdue. Probably the best game of the day is going to be an evening game, a 6.30 central kick. That's Michigan taking on Minnesota, and then Maryland takes on Northwestern. So I would think the marquee matchup is probably Michigan-Minnesota. The rest of the games, you know, good games, I guess. Wisconsin's nearly a 20-point favorite in Illinois. Ohio State's a 27-point favorite, which I think is low almost. Uh, Penn State's only a 5.5, 1 in Indiana. Indiana could be sneaky hot this year. That could be a team to keep an eye on. But Penn State, I think, returns a lot, even without Mika Parsons, linebacker, um, who is a phenomenal football player but will not play this year because he opted out to go to the NFL draft. So Big Ten is back. Now, I could honestly say that about the Big 12. The Big 12 is back this week because last week there was one game. It was weird. It was strange. I mean, the big kickoff at noon on Fox was West Virginia and Kansas. And Letty Brown had a huge game, 195 rushing yards for West Virginia. They got the 21-point win. But the Big 12 is back this week. One huge marquee matchup, and we're going to get to that in just a second because that's going to be our keys to the game brought to you by Scott McGrath and McGrath Pest Control, and we'll get to that in just a second. But Big 12 is back with Kansas, Kansas State taking on each other on Saturday uh, morning, early afternoon, early afternoon. Oklahoma goes to TC, which I thought was going to be one of the better games that we would have this year, but neither team with a winning record, Oklahoma, Finally got off the schneid, if you will, against University of Texas, getting that overtime win. That was big because they had lost two Big 12 games in a row to Kansas State and Iowa State, so they needed to have one. And TCU sitting right now at one and two. So you've got two teams in this game that I thought would actually have better records than they do, but that's a little disappointing. However, you've got other games taking place. In the Big 12, Baylor taking on Texas, West Virginia taking on Texas Tech. So Big 10's back, but it also sort of feels like the Big 12 is back as well. So there you have it. Speaking of the Big 12, let's get to our game of the week and our keys to the game brought to you by Scott McGrath and McGrath 
pest control no matter what you're dealing with from a critter perspective. Mosquitoes, roaches, rats. I'll give you a quick story. This past summer, I was going up to my daughter's room. I was like, man, what is that foul smell? Now, when you got two teenagers, you never really know, but I felt like that smells like something's dead, but I couldn't figure out where it was. I called Scott and I said, look, man, I got an issue. He went up to the attic. He dove, he dove over piping, over insulation, under things, and he found a dead rat about eight inches long that was underneath the duct that we never would have gotten to, but he was able to come out and get that for us and just is always there when we need him. Came, on, came down to Galveston, where we are, about an hour and a half away, about two and two hours and 15 minutes where he is away. I told him we had a mosquito problem. Is there anything we could do? He goes, I have somebody down there to spray tomorrow. And they did. So Scott McGrath and McGrath Pest Control, they do a fantastic job. So check them out. McGrath, M-C-R-A-T-H, Pest Control. Go check them out. Fantastic stuff. Now, the game of the week in the Big 12 is without question. Iowa State v. Oklahoma State. Iowa State has won three in a row. Oklahoma State is undefeated. Now, Oklahoma State was supposed to play Baylor last week, but that game got postponed due to COVID-19 issues. I'm sure you've heard that somewhere before. Uh, so Oklahoma State's been off for a couple weeks. Iowa State obviously did not play last week. As I mentioned earlier, the Big 12 was pretty much off. But Iowa State had won three in a row. They lost that first one to Louisiana, but they went bang, bang, bang in the Big 12, sitting at 3-1. and So Iowa State, Oklahoma State, this is for the Big 12 lead. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, game at Stillwater. Now going in, Oklahoma State's a three-and-a-half point favorite. So let's get into our keys to the game for this one and start on the Iowa State offensive side of the ball. And the first key for Iowa State is its hall pass. That's right, Brees Hall, running back, 6'1", 215 pounds. And when you watch him, you don't think he's 6'1", 215 because of how agile he is, how quick he is. He had a play against Oklahoma. That outside zone going to the left. And Oklahoma had a run blitz to that side. As soon as he saw it, he spun a complete 180 the other way, went out the back door, turned it into about a 15, 20-yard run for a first down. Brees Hall is an absolute monster. He is absolutely destroying teams on the ground, and he gives balance to this offense because of the way that he is running the ball. He was a freshman All-American last year. He's got an opportunity to be a non-freshman All-American, to be on a true Walter Camp, uh, you know, uh, AFCA All-American list. He's, ran, he's run for over 100 yards each game. He had 103 against Louisiana in a loss, and then he's gone for 154 and three touchdowns against TCU, 139 and two touchdowns against Oklahoma, and 135 and two touchdowns against Texas Tech. Now, his biggest challenge is this Oklahoma State defense, but Brees Hall is a guy you want to keep your eyes on, number 28 for the Iowa State offense. Second key is the double dip at tight end. Now, going into the year, we all knew that Charlie Kolar was going to be the guy in the passing game for Iowa State. And kind of a bunch of no-name receivers, guys that don't have great hands, but pretty good athletes. But it was still going to be Charlie Kolar. That was the guy. And then early in the year, number 11, Chase Allen, 6'6", 250. It's kind of coming out of nowhere. And you're like, man, number 11's making a ton of plays. And so now Iowa State hits you with that double dip at tight end. They hit you with 
Charlie Kolar, the hit you with Chase Allen, both of them, I think, have been valuable to this offense uh, as you'd want them to be. They are fantastic with the football. In the air, they can go get it. Once they catch, they can run. Um, that's the one thing that I, I see with these two uh, tight ends. There's pretty much anything that you want done, they get it done. Chase Allen and Charlie Kolar at tight end, just absolutely phenomenal, uh, phenomenal pass catchers. Both of them right now, Chase Allen has nine catches for 126 yards, does have a touchdown. Charlie Kolar has 12 catches for 134 yards. They've only played in three games, so they you know haven't had a lot of body of work. But Chase Allen and Brock, uh, excuse me, Chase Allen and Charlie Kolar are a double dip at tight end that Oklahoma State is going to have some issues with. Now, let's flip it over to the Oklahoma State defense, having stopped Brees Hall and those two tight ends. And the first key is forward speed. That's Trace Ford coming off the edge. The sophomore I saw last year as a freshman at the Texas Bowl, and I was like, my goodness, he's fast. You see that first step up close, and you're like, he's got juice. Iowa State must account for number 94 in the pass rush, and he'll come from a lot of different angles. They'll rush him off the edge. They'll loop him back inside. His quickness and speed are a massive problem for the Iowa State offensive line. Keep an eye on number 94, Trace Ford, and where he's lined up each and every play. It's not always where he rushes, but where he lines up, May give you an idea. Okay, he's outside this time. He might go inside. He's standing up in the A-gap. He might loop outside. They do a lot of different things with Trace Ford. He's a key to stopping Brock Purdy in that passing game. Also on defense, second key, Malcolm in the middle. If there is a defense that can slow down Brees Hall, it's Oklahoma State. Why? Because their linebackers in particular, Malcolm Rodriguez, they're all Big 12 linebacker. 5'11", 225, he's not a big guy. But you talk about find the football and make plays, that is what Malcolm Rodriguez does. He will get to the football in a hurry. And his eyes will be locked in at number 28, Brees Hall. So Iowa State's going to have to do some different things, and they're going to have to get a body on number 20, Malcolm Rodriguez. Now, Oklahoma State got a really good group of linebackers, but Rodriguez is that guy that stirs the drink for Oklahoma State. His charge, stopping Brees Hall, keeping him under 100 yards, if possible. All right, let's flip it over to the Oklahoma State offense and talk about one key matchup, and that is tackle Tevin Jenkins for Oklahoma State against Iowa State edge star Jaquan Bailey. Bailey's the all-time leading sack artist at Iowa State. He had three and a half sacks against TCU. That gave him 22 on his career, and that's an all-time mark. Now, he's played a lot of games. He has started 40 games. Saturday will be his 41st for Jaquan Bailey. He played four games last year. In that fourth game, he got hurt. He then redshirted the rest of the year. So he's able to come back for basically his fifth year. But he started a lot of football games for Iowa State. Tevin Jenkins is maybe the best NFL prospect on the Oklahoma State offense. Minus Chuba Hubbard. Tyler Wallace, very, very good player. We're going to talk about him after a little bit. But I think that Jenkins up front has an opportunity to play the guard or tackle, and he's going to be charged, I would imagine, with going one-on-one with Jaquan Bailey, and that is going to be a great one-on-one matchup, Tevin Jenkins against Jaquan Bailey. Second key, 
the reliable stoner. Now, if you know stoners, you're like, hey, man, that, those dudes are not reliable at all. But Dylan Stoner, senior wide receiver for Oklahoma State, is the most reliable pass catcher I think Oklahoma State has. And this is a game I could imagine as Iowa State's defensive staff went in, sat down, and went, okay, what do we have to do to beat them? Sure, the first thing was stop the running game. The second one was we got to stop Tyler Wallace. Tyler Wallace is a superstar wide receiver for Oklahoma State. And when teams do that, they forget about Dylan Stoner. This feels like the kind of game where Dylan Stoner can erupt and have a big ball game. That Iowa State rolls coverage or focuses a lot on stopping Tylen Wallace. And the Oklahoma State quarterbacks then go to Dylan Stoner, number 17. I think Stoner's the kind of guy that comes to the NFL, finds their own special teams, works his way onto the offense, and ends up sticking around the league for 8 to 10 years. Kind of like, um, you know, you've seen a guy like Adam Thielen do. Uh, you know, a guy like he did, not much was expected of Deion Branch long, you know, long ago, but he comes to the league um, and then stuck around for, it felt like a dozen years, got a Super Bowl MVP as well. Dylan Stoner with speed, hands, and very reliable. I think this is the week where Dylan Stoner breaks out and has a game that shows everybody that he is a big factor for that Oklahoma State offense. All right, Iowa State's defense, what must it do? Number one, eliminate Wallace. That's Tylen Wallace. Yes, the run game with Chuba Hubbard and with L.D. Brown, so important to what Oklahoma State does. But taking away Tylen Wallace is a massive key for this defense. If they let Wallace go off, nine catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns, Iowa State loses by two touchdowns. But if they can limit Tylen Wallace's touches, three, three receptions, 48 yards, no touchdowns. If they can do that, they've got a great shot to winning. Now, I just said for Oklahoma State, they got to get Dylan Stoner involved. No doubt. But I guarantee if Iowa State takes out Tylen Wallace, which I expect that Iowa State will do that. They will roll coverage, and they're going to play that three-safety look that one of those safeties is going to help take away Tylen Wallace. And they do that successfully. Iowa State will be in this ballgame all the way throughout. All the way throughout. Now, when this one's all said and done, I think it's going to be lower scoring than some of the games that we've seen in the Big 12. A lot of that has to do with the two defenses you're seeing. Very athletic. Iowa State is very multiple in what they can do. Oklahoma State has got a bunch of experience on that side, including a group of linebackers that feels like it's been there for eight years. I think in the end, L.D. Brown and Chuba Hubbard are the difference. They're going to rush combined for 150-plus. They'll get a couple touchdowns between them. And Oklahoma State, favored by three and a half, going to cover and win that thing outright. They will win by five. I've got Oklahoma State 24. Iowa State 19. That's your prediction for that game. All right, before we get into the predictions portion of our podcast, take a quick minute here for my friends at the Texas Bowl. The tradition of postseason college football continues deep in the heart of Houston with the 2020 Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium featuring the Big 12 versus the SEC. Sign up for the waitlist to get exclusive pre-sale access, the latest event updates, ticket deals, and more at www.thetexasbowl.com or for those of you that just like thetexasbowl.com, thetexasbowl.com. So there you go. Thetexasbowl.com, Big 12 SEC. Yo, Oklahoma State, that was a team I was able to see last year. They came in and played in that game against Texas A&M. So kind of got a preview of both those teams heading into the 2020 year. Big 12 SEC, a couple of great conferences to have in a bowl game. And 
Those two have been playing the longest this year. I think the bowl season is going to be very, very interesting this year. Very interesting. First part, the championship games, I think all of them will take place on the 19th. 18th or 19th. So that's just another couple of weeks that you cut down in getting ready for a bowl game. So I think more teams, it's going to be play a championship game or I think what's going to happen in a lot of conferences, they'll play a championship game, but then some of the other games that have got to be replaced or that were postponed will get moved to the 19th. So you're going to have more teams playing on the 12th, the 19th, and then shortly thereafter, you know, 26th, 27th, 28th, it's going to feel a little bit more natural for the players that there's not this three, four-week break. I think you're going to end up having a pretty interesting bowl season. My friends at the Texas Bowl are really excited about what the Big 12 and the SEC have this season. All right, now it's time for our predictions and I figured, you know what, the Big Ten's coming back. And we're all excited about the Big Ten coming back. But should I just do all my predictions? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just rip through. We got a lot of games taking place throughout the country. So, you know what? What's, what's better than a few predictions? A lot more predictions. So here we go. We're going to rifle through. Arkansas State is taking on App State. App State's a two-touchdown favorite. And playing up in Boone, I think it's going to be tough. Arkansas State's had a little bit of upheaval in the coaching staff after that 59-52 win over Georgia State. They replaced a couple of key defensive coaches, uh, not on the spot like Jeremy Pruitt did, <laughs> firing his coaches during the game. The Gapalachian State wins this one pretty big. Arkansas State having to go on the road. I just feel like teams go on the road this year. I've seen a few wins, but I feel like the whole COVID travel thing makes it much more difficult. I'm going to App State to win and to cover that is your game actually that's going to be tonight on thursday night so you get the chance to check that out jacksonville state goes to fiu fiu favored by 10 and a half jacksonville state's a very difficult fcs team to play but i think fiu is going to get that win but your jacksonville state to cover fiu wins at home butch davis another win for the panthers but jacksonville state will get the cover that thing will be less than 10 and a half tulsa gets back on the bump against south florida tulsa will win this by two touchdowns South Florida, not a very good football team in Jeff Scott's first year. He needs a little bit of time to recruit. The recruiting fell off at the end there for Charlie Strong. It's not been good at USF. Tulsa at 1-1 will go down. They already beat UCF. They will now beat South Florida. Tulsa's favored by 10.5. Lay the points. Tulsa beats USF by two touchdowns. Illinois is taking on Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's as loaded as they've been in a while across the board. I think the defense will get it done. Lovey Smith, I think a tough year's coming for Lovey at Illinois. Wisconsin wins this thing at home by three touchdowns. That's more than 19 and a half they're favored by. Wisconsin wins and covers. Louisiana got knocked off last week by Coastal Carolina. They take on UAB. Now, UAB, I think, has got a few more players than people are aware of. Uh, wide receiver, I think his name is Spencer Brown. Very, very good player. Louisiana's favored by two and a half. I'm going to go a little bit of an upset here. I'm going UAB to beat Louisiana in a very close game. This feels like a one or two point game. I think Vegas had it right, but I'm going on the other side of it. I'm going with UAB to beat Louisiana. All right, let's get to the games on Saturday. Syracuse taking on Clemson. Syracuse was Syracuse got beat by Liberty last week, folks, by 17 at Syracuse. 
Clemson will win this, and they might win it by 50, and the spread's 46. So I can't believe I'm saying this. Lay the 46 and take Clemson. This is a great ball game in the state of North Carolina. Always loved it when I was living there. NC State taking on the Heels. Now, the Heels lost last week at Florida State. Jordan Travis doing great things for Florida State. He's going to be one of the guys in my hot 50. Sam Howell tried to bring them back, couldn't get them all the way there as North Carolina suffered their first loss of the year. NC State's a two-touchdown dog, 14-and-a-half, and that's big, 14-and-a-half points. I think Carolina bounces back. They get the win, but State's going to get inside that 14-and-a-half. I think this one is anywhere between 10 to 14, and that half, that little hook, I think is going to help you. I'm taking North Carolina to win, State to cover, to get inside that 14-and-a-half. Kansas State is taking on Kansas. News this week for Kansas. Puka Williams opted out. Things are not good at Kansas. KSU is favored by 20. I think KSU gets the win. Maybe beat them by four touchdowns or more. This is going to get ugly in Manhattan for the Jayhawks. Rutgers taking on Michigan State. No line on this game. Probably because Michigan State's going to pound Rutgers. Go with Michigan State and Sparty to win big. And once the number gets up there, lay the points. Take Michigan State. Nebraska feeling themselves, thinking this is the year. Adrian Martinez, that quarterback, they've got a little something when he's in the lineup. But Ohio State is good. It's deep. Both players that opted out are coming back. Wyatt Davis, All-American guard. Sean Wade, All-American corner slash nickel. Ohio State wins this at home and wins it big. Spread is 26 and a half. Expect Ohio State to win this by four touchdowns. Lay the points. Take Ohio State to win and to cover. Auburn takes on Ole Miss. Auburn's a flat-out mess. Mississippi can score. But didn't score last week when they faced a good defense. I think Auburn's going to go into Ole Miss. Ole Miss will play hard. Bo Nix has to get back in line. He was a mess last week, in large part because his offensive line is a mess. I think Auburn gets this win. Spread is three and a half, Auburn. I'm going to lay those points. I think Auburn wins this thing by a touchdown. Oklahoma takes on TCU at TCU. That has been a... Uh, that's been sort of a disaster location for Oklahoma in prior years, but not this time. I think Oklahoma, with a week off after that win over Texas, going to get it right. I think Spencer Rattler is going to bounce back for the rest of the year. I think he learned a big lesson against University of Texas. Time to stop being an immature butthead and start playing football. I think he will do that. Oklahoma will win that thing by more than six and a half. Mercer taking on Army. Army has the best team you've not seen. They will beat Mercer by a lot. The spread is 30 and a half. I think it could be 40 and a half, and I still would lay the points. Let's lay the points and take Army to win it to cover. Florida State's taking on Louisville. Louisville's favored by four. Now, Louisville went to Notre Dame last week and lost 12-7. But Louisville's also, at home, gotten pounded by Miami. Florida State's played much, much better since Jordan Travis stepped in at quarterback. In an upset, I'm going with the Seminoles to knock off Louisville. So, get Florida State the win and the cover as Louisville's favored by four. Temple taking on Memphis. Memphis won one of the greatest offensive football games I have ever seen last week. Memphis to beat Temple by two touchdowns. I think that will happen. Memphis wins. You know what? I I take it back. Memphis will win. That 13 and a half, after the game they had last week against UCF, I could see Temple get inside that 13 and a half. Let's give Memphis the win and get Temple that cover inside the 13 and a half. 
Coastal Carolina, undefeated, ranked 25th in the country, taking out Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern started to bounce back. Coastal favored by five and a half. I had a buddy of mine that used to tell me, he went and said, five and a half, Vegas isn't quite sure where to put it at three or at seven, so they stick it in the middle. I think that's good news to take the Chanticleers. Coastal Carolina gets it done. They will win that thing by 10 to 14, so take Coastal to win and to cover. UTEP taking on Charlotte. Charlotte has had some tough losses. UTEP getting some wins, but haven't really beaten anybody. Charlotte's favored by 14 and a half. I think Charlotte's the more talented team here. I think UTEP will come to Charlotte, North Carolina, play well, but Charlotte's going to get the win. I don't like that, that spread. Will Healy's bunch gets the win, but we're going to give UTEP the cover. They're going to get inside that 14 and a half. Southern Miss, a total mess. And on top of it, don't, don't totally know if this game is going to be played. Southern Miss dealing with a lot of COVID-19 issues. Liberty is rolling with the Syracuse last week. Beat Syracuse by 17 on the road. That's not saying a whole lot. It is a Power 5 conference team, but Liberty taking on Southern Miss. If the game goes on a schedule, I'm taking Liberty to win and to cover no matter what the number sits at. It's 11.5 right now. I think it could go up, but I'm taking Liberty to win and to cover. UCF is the best 2-2 two two team in the country. Tulane's a very good team. Lost last week to SMU. Willie Fritz got him going in the right direction. But UCF fair at 19 and a half. That's a little rich. I think UCF gets the win, but Tulane can score. Tulane can score. They should have won that game last week against SMU. Tulane will put up 35. UCF will get to 45 plus. I'm going to give UCF the win, but I'm going to give Tulane the cover. That 19 and a half is too rich against Tulane team that I think is a lot better than maybe the record indicates. Marshall. 17-point favorite over Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic's kind of had a rough schedule. Some of the COVID stuff, games postponed. Grant Wells playing very well for Marshall. I'm giving Marshall the win. The 22nd-ranked team in the country, the Marshall Thundering Herd. They're going to win this thing, and I think they win by three touchdowns. That'll cover the 17. Virginia Tech goes to Wake Forest. Virginia Tech has won a few games this year where they've had very few bodies on the sideline. They're a good football team when they are all together. Wake Forest, not bad. Sam Hartman doing some good things for this team, but Virginia Tech's going to get the win and going to cover that eight-and-a-half-point spread. Notre Dame takes on Pittsburgh in Heinz Field. This feels like a game in which Notre Dame could get tripped up. Pittsburgh's pass rush is very good. I think Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones against Liam Eikenberg, left tackle for tech, uh, Notre Dame, is as good a matchup as you're going to see all week. But I'm taking Domers to win and to cover the 10. Penn State goes to Indiana. They are missing one of the best linebackers in the country. Penn State is Mika Parsons. He will be out for the year because he has opted out. But Penn State is the more talented team. Journey Brown looks like he will not play the running back for Penn State. This feels as if it's going to be an offense led by Sean Clifford, relying on Pat Fryermuth at tight end in a passing game, maybe a little more than the run game. Noah Kane's still there. I think he's going to see the rock a lot. Penn State's going to beat Indiana, although Indiana could be sneaky this year. Keep an eye on the Hoosiers. Penn State's going to win this thing by a touchdown or more on the road. Give the number eight Penn State Nittany Lions the win and the small cover. Iowa goes to Purdue. Iowa's got all kinds of issues. Their former players suing the university, suing Kirk Ferentz. They want Ferentz out. Purdue got Rondale Moore back. I think that could end up being the difference 
in this one. Just Rondale Moore, period. I was favored by three. I'm going to give the home standing Purdue Boilermakers the narrow win. Alabama goes to Tennessee. Tennessee's a hot mess last week. No quarterback for Tennessee looked good. Not one. Alabama makes everybody look bad. Offensively, Alabama might be as good as we've seen since last year's LSU team. Take Alabama. There's no spread on this one. Take out probably because Tennessee hasn't figured out the quarterback situation. Take Alabama to beat Tennessee straight up in Knoxville. Middle Tennessee State taking on Rice. Rice is favored. Glad to see Rice finally get on the field. COVID issues, schedule changes. It's kind of been all over the place for Rice. I just want Rice to win. So I'm picking Rice to win by more than that three and a half at home. Get back in the Big 12 where Texas coming off a heartbreaking loss. In a must-win situation, taking on the Baylor Bears, Texas favored by nine. I'm going to go with Texas to win this thing, but I just don't know if Texas is good enough right now to be laying that many points. Take Texas to win, but Baylor to get inside that nine. Houston taking on Navy. Houston lost last week to BYU. Navy has gotten better and better every week. Put it this way. Houston lost to BYU 22-point fourth quarter for BYU. Navy got housed by BYU early on. Let's give Houston the edge in this one as Houston goes up to take on Navy. Clayton Toon, quarterback for Houston, has had some good moments. He just hasn't had enough of them, didn't have enough of them in the fourth quarter against BYU last week. Georgia Tech taking on Boston College. I don't know what to make of either team, to be honest. Phil Jerkovic and Boston College looked great against Pitt, then got housed the next week. Georgia Tech beats... Florida State earlier this year and beat, I think, Louisville on a Thursday night, turned around at home and just got spanked by Clemson. I don't know what to think about this. I'm going to give Boston College the edge because they're playing at home. The Eagles are, so I'm going to go Boston College to win. It's only a three-and-a-half-point spread, so let's give Boston College the win and the cover. Kentucky playing really good football right now. That defense has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Kentucky's going to win this thing over Missouri. Connor, uh, uh, Connor Bazelak, quarterback from Mizzou, has done some really good things as a young quarterback. But Kentucky will be an issue for him. I think Kentucky's going to win this thing on the road by more than four and a half to take Kentucky to win and to cover. Georgia State taking on Troy. Georgia State scored a lot of points in the loss last week. Troy quietly doing the job. Troy will get the win at home, favored by two and a half. West Chattanooga is taking on Western Kentucky. There's no line on this game. So I'm going to take Western Kentucky to win and beat up on the... It won't, well, it won't be beating up on them. I think Chattanooga will always have enough athletes to keep, it, to keep it reasonable. But I think Western Kentucky will come away with a win. West Virginia takes on Texas Tech. Texas Tech has been all over the map this year. West Virginia got a big win last week. Luddy Brown, 195 yards rushing. For West Virginia to win over Kansas. West Virginia's favorite on the road at Texas Tech. That has never worked well for West Virginia. So I'm going to go with West Virginia to win. I think West Virginia is well coached by Neil Brown. I think they're going to end up getting the win. It'll be close. It'll be very close. It feels like a three or four point win. So I'm going to go with Texas Tech to keep it close within the three and a half. It'll be like a three point game. But West Virginia's going to get the win on the road. Wyoming. Man, we get some Mount West football as well. Wyoming taking on Nevada. Wyoming's favored by four and a half. Jay Norvell, I believe it was a family member that passed away just recently. 
Now, that's enough to kind of, you know, upset a team's continuity. I hate it for Jay Norvell to have to go through that at any point, much less football season. So, you know what? Let's give Wyoming the win uh, and the cover on the road at Nevada, a squad that will play hard, but I think will come up short against Wyoming, uh, the fight in Josh Allen. South Carolina goes to LSU. South Carolina had a great win last week against Auburn. Looks like Miles Brennan will not play for LSU. LSU still favored by six. You know what? I'm going to roll the dice and go with LSU at home. Bat, uh, rallying together without Miles Brennan. Still have Terrace Marshall doing some tremendous things. I think LSU is going to get this win. They're going to come back, and I think they're going to play their tiny little hearts out and get a win by more than six. Utah State going to Boise State. Boise State's a good football team. Did lose some firepower from last year's team. John Hightower in particular. Ezra Cleveland at tackle. But I think Boise State... With that running game, we'll get it done. Boise State wins by more than 16. They'll win and cover at home. Louisiana Monroe against South Alabama. I think the Jaguars, coached by Steve Campbell, uh, a guy I got to know who was at Central Arkansas a few years ago. He's done a nice job with the South Alabama program. South Alabama will pound Monroe, and they'll cover that 14.5 at home. Probably the best Big Ten game of the day, Michigan, taking on Minnesota. Michigan favored by three. Minnesota with Tanner Morgan at quarterback, Mohamed Ibrahim at running back. Rashad Bateman came back to the team. Daniel Falele at tackle. I think Minnesota upsets Michigan at Minnesota. Michigan's favored by three. I'm going with Minnesota to win this very close ball game. I think Minnesota's better than Michigan. Why I said it. Maryland taking on Northwestern. I think this is where Northwestern bounces back, led by a defense that has linebacker Patty Fisher in the middle. Go Northwestern to cover that 11-point spread at home. Hawaii taking on Fresno State. Hawaii traditionally struggles coming back to the mainland. So I'm going to roll with that. Fresno State gets the win by four or more. Miami taking on Virginia. Man, Virginia can't buy a break. Miami playing good football minus that game at Clemson. Miami gets the win. They beat Pitt last week at home, I think, by a couple touchdowns. They'll beat Virginia by three touchdowns or more. Miami with the win and the cover. UTSA taking on Louisiana Tech. I think this could be a good football game. UTSA has one of my better draft prospects, but I've been warned not to say anything, so I can't say anything. And I'm not going to tell you why I have to warn you. I think UTSA is going to get this done at home. Louisiana Tech, good football squad. But I think UTSA started playing better football. And watching them uh, the other day, and I'm trying to remember who I was watching them against, Boy, they look pretty good. Like, man, they've got some talent on that squad. I think UTSA is going to get this thing done at home in San Antonio. Then, wow, one of the games of the weekend in the AAC. The Cincinnati Bearcats are taking on the SMU Mustangs. This is Bouchelle versus Desmond Ritter. Ulysses Bentley IV, the freshman running back from SMU, has been a star. But I think the Bearcats are salty. Number nine in the country. I think the Bearcats are salty. I think they go into SMU and they get this win. And I don't think it's close. I think it's a 10-point win for Cincinnati beating up the SMU Mustangs. Texas State taking on BYU. I love this BYU team. I love its quarterback, Zach Wilson. You can see my write-up at footballtakeover.com. Take BYU, the 12th-ranked team in the country, to house Texas State, but not by 28-and-a-half. That's a little much. It's going to be a 20 to 24 point win for BYU. Texas State can put some points up on the board. I think BYU wins this, but give Texas State the cover to get inside the 28 and a half. Air Force going to San Jose State. Air Force 
has at least played San Jose State playing the first game. I think that's a little edge to Air Force. So let's go Air Force to win this thing. Spread seven. That's about right. So let's go the Air Force to win and to cover. I think San Jose State plays first game. They'll play fresh. They've got some energy, but I think Air Force will get that win, and then they will win by more than seven. Last and certainly not least, UNLV taking on San Diego State. The Fighting Kyle Wearings are favored by 15 at home to UNLV. I just don't know where this UNLV program wants to go. I think San Diego State's got themselves a really good football program. So let's go with the Aztecs to win by 15 or more. We're a couple weeks away from the Pac-12 getting started, so that's going to be pretty fun. Some SEC teams on buys this week. Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M, all on a buy this week. So those teams you won't see, but those games I just gave you. They're your predictions for the week brought to you by, by my friends at the Texas Bowl. All right, appreciate you guys for being here for the podcast. Go check out footballtakeover.com. Go check out my friends at the Texas Bowl. Go check out McGrath Pest Control for any, any pest control needs that you have. McGrath Pest Control, Texas Bowl, Lone Star Sports Entertainment, and of course, footballtakeover.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week for Football with Friends, the podcast.